Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sex and Violence, your weekly punk rock movie podcast where the subject is always on cutlery. Fish. It's always on ascendancy and also the rules of passing things on to your children. Row. It's about, it's about underground layers where you put you burn a little bit of hay. Octopuses. Octopi. Octopus. Octopuses. Pusses. Octopuses. Is it? It's yeah. pusses. Octopuses. Really? Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. We're going to put drive a wedge right here. Let me tell you something. It is octopuses because octopus is a Greek word. And when Greek words are pluralized, you don't change the U.S. to an I. That is Latin only. Okay. Fair enough. New every day. I'm back. I'm Gabriel Marr, one of your co-hosts. And with me, as always, fuck you. <laughs> Mr. Ryan Snyder. Hello, Ryan. Yay. Hello, gentlemen. Good to be back. Good to be back. And at normal speaking volume. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was a that was a, an interesting recording. That was a rough episode. Yeah, we were both like out cold and yeah. exhausted. Yeah, it was, trying to make it happen. Yeah. 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 And uh, with us as always again, apparently the Elliots from Flophouse to our show. The best one, you mean? Yeah, the guy who sounds like Paul Rust. Oh yeah. He does. He um. Yeah, but. Yeah. Introduce yourself. I am Daniel Gonzalez. Hello, Daniel. The, the clown prince of Top Gun Radio. Boo. <laughs> yes. uh, Boo. You're that. not welcome. I do want to point out that I'm doing this joke. However, Gabriel did once unjokingly refer to himself as the Batman of the I, Again, I, that was in reference to attendance, not in any other form. After Devin said the same thing. And well, I think he meant it like he's like Batman. I meant I'm Batman like I don't show up. Yeah, I, I think you oh. both actually meant that. But however, Devin did mean more of just... No, like, he yeah, meant he, that he fights crime. He did lean a little bit in there. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I don't wear a lot of black. I wear a lot of pink. So you say literally wearing black today. Uh, it's my gym shirt. If you mix those two colors together, it makes pink. That's true. Red and white. There's a big pink circle and asterisk on my titties. On your Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, yes. shirt. Ryan hates this shirt. Really. And that band. Do you yes. hate Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yes. Bro, let's talk about this, right? Okay. I, I like Red Hot Chili Peppers. Why don't you... But you just... Like, no song at all you do not like? It's not... Uh, I find them, like... I'm, uh... What's the word? Overplayed? That, but... Stinky. What I am. Stinky. Contrarian. Contrarian. Yes. Yeah, Okay. So when things are overly like, everyone loves this, I'm like, too much of a broad appeal. I like things that are very like niche appeal. I think there's a lot of backlash against them lately. So I think more people than not don't like RHCP. Is there? I mean, have they? Re- I actually don't know. Have yeah, they had an album come out like a year ago, two years ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is that the first one they did since um, the stadium? Mm. Arcadium? There was one more before that one that was I liked a lot actually. Is like similar like By the way. No. It's all pills between. on the cover. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. I don't recall. Anyways, Ryan, introduce yourself to the listeners who might not know who you are. Uh Ryan Snyder, podcaster, bartender extraordinaire, food truck owner. Love it. And chef. Line and cook. Che- yeah, Ryan has never been chef. Yes, you you can attain the t- uh, it's very weird how people perceive Cook and chef. Mm-hmm. I would not consider myself a chef. Yes. A cook. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah, means chief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always enjoyed, since you and I have worked in kitchens, I've always enjoyed the way that a lot of, uh, especially if you're in a kind of more rigid place, the Latin American staff will just always say, chef. Yes. 
Ryan, your voice is musical as always. Yeah, sorry about that. Musical tones. Nicely owned. I'm Gabriel Moore. I'm a comedian, and I do uh, media. Daniel. I already introduced myself. As an author instead uh, Daniel Gonzalez, author, uh, audio producer, editor, writer, and author. I think I said that twice. You said it twice. And, and clown Jordan. prince. And, and, and clown, clown prince. That's right. You really went into that thing. <laughs> Some men just want to watch the world burn. Gross. To be fair, though, it is coming up to the uh, 10-year anniversary. Of it's that. already it happened. Uh, yeah, when did it come out? July? July? Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about this. Uh, yeah. yeah, we talked about this, I think, last time. I was mm-hmm. saying, like, mm-hmm. at some point, one of the shows should do that. Because as overplayed as the Dark Knight thing is, it kind of is, like, a really good movie that I think we all love. Yeah. I think yeah. So. Um, I'm still very much of the opinion that Spider-Man 2 is the best superhero film. And super quickly, it's something we must get to whenever Daniel is here. There is a time code down below. So if you want to skip our bullshit and go right to the important talk, you just swipe up, find out where it is, and hop straight to it. Don't know why anyone would ever do that. I can't for, imagine. For can't imagine. Who does not enjoy the dulcet sounds of our voices, especially mine, which peaks a lot? Mm. Peas popping. Peas popping. He's peeping. Boys, what's new? I, I So last week was just you two, mm-hmm. and a, a good it was, 30% of it is you two shit-talking me? Yeah, it was, it was. You so motherfuckers so who don't know the name Shintaro Katsu? So good recording without Gabriel. Oh, oh it was good. amazing. Yeah. Uh, you referred to my love of Gilmore Girls, I believe, as white noise. <laughs> That's which, is, which is fair. 10 out of 10, fair. Uh-huh. Yeah. Accurate. Is that, what we, is that what we said? I thought we said something else was white. I forget what it was. I think, you were, I think, I think when talking about this, Ryan referred to you as white noise. Yeah, no, um, there, was, there was something I talk about, and then it's, it's, it's like Kurosawa or something. I think and it's it was like, yeah, I do now because white noise. And I'm like, fair enough. And yeah. I promised to put uh, on your tombstone, Gabriel, at some point, white noise. Correct. And uh, on my tombstone will be... Oh, fuck, my feces. My feces? That's right. Okay. Oh, I thought you gotcha. my feces on it. I poop on your grave. You totally got me! Nailed you it! You promised to poop on my grave. Got, got it. Him. Ryan, what's on your grave? Uh, here lies dick boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Honestly, I think that would be like, collect all the views across the world. Yeah. Everyone goes to visit the grave of dick boy. It's like that too with the unknown soldier here in our hometown. Yeah, where is that one? I don't know. Yeah. There's always a sign for it. You should put on your grave, uh, uh, famous for his dick, and then like after that, people are just like, "Whoa, this guy was famous for his dick," and then like no one can unprove it. I'm yeah. sure like, his middle name was actually Richard. Yeah, <laughs> or, or his son is Richard. His yeah. poor dick. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Um, we did a movie. Oh, actually, what? Um, beyond that, this is the start of what, Ryan? The '86 list. It's our summer movie marathon. Even though summer's basically over, We've yeah, been we started very way late. Busy. But much like last year when we did the blacklist, covering all of Shane Black's greatest hits, this year we are doing the 86 list, where we cover a variety of movies all about kitchen life, about cooking, about food, about cocktails, like the movie Cocktail. It's, Restaurant industry as yeah. a whole. I, which I think is very punk rock. I think so too. There's a lot of punk rock There's people There's a lot of sex, there. a lot of violence. Yes, there is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Much sex and much violence. So this is our first documentary, I believe. Yeah, we've done the first for the show. That's um, exciting. So the movie or the documentary that mm-hmm. we did was Do you have drinks of sushi? Very good. Trailer. で、
Great trailer. Great trailer. Never saw that trailer. Charming. It's a great one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Masterpiece. Lost strings. Yeah. What's that? What's that? One can only piece of audio. Uh, the audio. It's called um, uh, Amy Adams Strikes Again. Amy Adams Strikes Again featuring the movie Amy Adams Speaks to Aliens. Oh, I thought it was uh, Leonardo DiCaprio Killed His Wife. Oh, it's also that. Uh, it's also that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I'm, actually, I would call it Leonardo DiCaprio Doesn't Realize He Killed His Wife. Yeah. That's even sad. Or it's also called um, uh, Sushi Knife. Sushi Knife. Sushi Knife. Remix. A.K.A. Uh, on the Nature of Daylight by Matt Richter. Never heard of. I'll talk about later. So, sure. Let me give me a breakdown. Okay. What we're watching and what's the whole shebang. Well, all right. Guest, what is... Wait, you're always the worst. Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm not good at that. Okay. Ryan, are you any good at that? Uh, breaking down what happens in the movie? Um, but for a documentary, it's going to be a little more difficult. I mean, we're just following, like, yeah. the trials and tribulations of Jiro Sushi. I mean, there aren't a lot of trials or tribulations. He just kind of, like, crushes it. Um, so it's all about Jiro Ono, who has a three-star Michelin, three Michelin star restaurant, for those of you who don't know about food and such. That's basically the highest honor a restaurant can get in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's a small, almost underground sushi shop. Jiro is 85 years old at the time of the making of the movie. The place is called Tsukiyabashi Jiro and it's all about him and his sons and how he puts together his restaurant and sushi every day uh, I would go straight no it's, it's literally underground isn't it yeah. it's, it's like yeah you said almost underground it's like, it, that's, a, that's a remarkable thing about this is that and I think all sushi bars are generally pretty like low key places mm-hmm. usually I think the um, all like four places the the, uh, the other branch that his uh, younger son runs very nice that, Takashi that seemed uh, that seemed like real like kind of like a yeah, yeah. more above ground Rapongi is apparently kind of like a really nice like restaurant district it, it looks, it looks, looks like, like a nicer restaurant, restaurant. whereas like, like like this the one like the main one is basically under it like, like looks like you go downstairs and like a little subway thing and it's like right there as if it's like a newsstand or something I like it pretty unassuming it's kind of like the one thing that I commented out like right when this started is even a Michelin star restaurant still has like uninformed dick bags who come in oh yeah they have to like the, at the beginning of this uh, documentary a guy who's like clearly like right off the street comes in and asks for like a like to go <laughs> menu yeah and then like they have to tell him like no like we have business cards like recommendations that are you like reserve like or uh, make a reservation like 30 days in advance yes. and then he just like is asking about like oh what's the price here what like how much does it cost to eat here mm-hmm. and they tell him and it's pretty expensive he's like yeah do you have appetizers and like drinks he's like nope just sushi and mm-hmm. the guy's like clearly trying to get him out yeah which it's just like dude fucking leave you can't this is not your spot we're in life I'm a dick. He, he's more. He came in ignorant to like what he walked into. I don't know. You don't walk into like 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 one of the hollowed places and be like, "Hey guys, do you have a kind of dessert?" Yeah. Do you have California rolls? Yeah. Hey, can, you, can I get a Coors Light with my California roll, extra soy sauce? Yeah. It's like ah. Uh, ah, uh, please leave. No, friend. It's not the way we work things around here. Mm-hmm. Daniel, you've seen this movie before. Yes. Um, I believe that when, Dan, when Ryan and I were discussing our selections for the 86 list, trademark, uh, you were like, oh, I want Jiro. Yeah, yeah, first of all, well, well, first, first I said Chef because actually I still haven't seen Chef and I want an excuse to see it, but you got some hotter guests coming in. Correct. Uh, so instead you guys were like, oh, we're going to see Jiro Jiro Sushi. I haven't, I haven't seen this movie in like, at least four years or so. It's like 90 now. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, this movie came out in 2011. 
Even the Jiro was 85 in the documentary. Be 92 now. He's 92. And according to Gator, who wiki him, uh, still alive and still working. Yeah, yeah still, still fucking crushing it. So great for him. He's not too, in his own words, too uh, ugly or, or decrepit uh, to scare away his customers. He is, as of this recording, 92 years old. Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. Um, still killing it. Yeah, dude. I want to be 92 years old and still working and crushing it. And sushi and shit. Yeah, well, maybe the cocktails. Yeah. Like a 92 year old kind of barman? That's actually, oh, yeah. that's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, you go to like, a, like the, re- the revered bars like in like New Orleans, and it's always some crusty old bastard who knows literally everything. But like yeah. that, but that old though. Because like even Jiro himself, like, I don't think like he can. Like, yeah, he's pretty dexterous with his hands, whatever. I don't know if, he, if he's like. If he can like dart from like one end of the thing to the other. So I don't know. Anyway. Uh, but I, I tell you what, uh, yeah, I want to see this again because I have very strong feelings about this. But I don't want to talk about them yet. I'm more curious because me and you, Gabriel, we have seen this already. Yes. Ryan has not seen it already. No. This is Ryan's first time. First time. So, Ryan, I'm interest, interested yes. in, in, in how you feel about your dreams of sushi. I like it. I, I think it shows the dedication to craft and precision that a, only a master would uh take seriously mm-hmm. um, and I always appreciate that when you see that when um, there's, go, there's, there's ghosts what? what? Oh, oh okay that one I, was, I thought those caves spun over yeah, there no, <laughs> no that's, that's there's ghosts here um, okay. no, a, a dedication to your craft that only like a master can take mm-hmm. which uh, it's it's always Really great to see. I mean, that's the reason that we watch like these Netflix documentaries and these Netflix like TV shows. You know, with David Chang or uh, Sean Brock, like guys who are like serious about what they do and they've dedicated their life mm-hmm. to making things that taste good. Yes, and I, I like to watch the process of it too because you see like how how they balance a work and life structure is always interesting to me mm-hmm. just because like I'm in the life and that's always a constant struggle with like me. It's like how much of myself do I put into my work and how much do I take out of it and like put into my family essentially. And it's, yeah, right. And watching uh, how Jiro had said it, like he, his kids thought he was a stranger when he came home. Mm-hmm. And that's like scary because it's like to get that good, do you have to spend that much time away from your family or is there a different balance you can strike? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was, was going to say, like, yeah, in terms of that argument, uh, this movie presents someone who follows a very extreme version of that. Yeah. And, and, you know, really, apparently, it was mostly worth it. Uh, yeah, uh, I think the comedic thing to get away from this is that, uh, what he, well, he, he claims that in this, when he's 85, that he's been doing the same job for 70 years. Yeah. And in a way of looking at it, he only recently got good. <laughs> you know, and he works so hard at repeating, and he's he's very. I don't know if we really talk about this. He's so strict about like repeating the same motions over and over again, and even that he tells us when he trains people, where he like people train on like the people come in train on rice for years before like you move on to. I forgot what the other thing was the um the cake that they the cake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that like it's all about like you just practice the one thing over and over and over again until you master it. And That's kitchens though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like That's it, life. when. When I first started in kitchens, it's you start as like a dishwasher mm-hmm. and you don't move up until you're the best at what you do. So like I got to be the best dishwasher and then I was allowed to touch salads and make salads and like fill cannolis and shit. And then you just slowly move up. Okay, now I, now I can actually be on a line and I can be the grill man. I, I can make all the burgers and steaks and temp everything. Okay, I'm the best at that. Now I can move over to saute. Okay, I'm good at saute. Now I can be head of the line and have guys under me. Mm-hmm. And then you move up and it's okay, I'm second in command of the chef. Okay, boom, now I'm the chef. 
It's Ryan, what drew you to the life? Uh, 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 all the casual sex and all the honeys. Who's the honeys? <laughs> it was that there are far fewer honeys than you think. In the kitchens, really? Is that sweaty dudes? It's. I've worked with a few female uh, chefs, and they are like hardcore. Oh, yeah, like it is. Yeah. It is mostly a boys' game in the kitchen, and. Anyone who is a delicate sensibility, male or female, is quickly weeded out. Yeah. It is rough and tumble. It is all people treating each other like garbage. And then you slowly gain each other's respect and continue to treat each other like garbage. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just how it ends up going in like, like a restaurant. You know, it's just all about accepting a lot of abuse before you're finally allowed to be respected. Like, you don't, you don't, the starting point is not you're a human being. The starting point is you are garbage. Yeah, Which it's is fine. It's a. It's a, a. I listened to an interview with Bourdain where you described it as a very militaristic approach, and that's mm-hmm. how. Like that's why the brigade system yeah. in France was instilled because it. It's like a military ranking. You can get your orders and salute your higher up. Sure. Yes, sir. No, sir. Mm-hmm. Go. Camp Anawana. What's the name? Camp Anawana. Yeah. So what attracted me to it? Uh, I don't know. An opportunity to get good at something that I thought was cool that not a lot of other people thought was cool and then took I guess I really started in kitchens when I was 15 and I'm 28 now and I'm finally seeing some payoff so like 13 <laughs> years of cuts burns working my bars and everything and it's it takes a long time to get good at like this kind of stuff yeah I mean you know I mean you've been in the life for what like 10 years yeah about 10 years now yeah I've, I've been working like this my first like restaurant like I was First, like, cafe kind of food service job was, like, 2008-ish. Yeah, like, 10 years, basically. Yeah. So I've just been working at it. I've only been, like, bartending seriously for the last few years. Before that, I was like, I'll pour you a beer, dude. Yeah. I mean, same. I've, I've been, like, a craft cocktail bartender for three years now. Before that, it was, like, shot jockey. Yeah. And now you can't go back. It's no. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. I can't, sh- like, like... So, at my new restaurant, it's a lovely place. I like everyone there. But it's kind of how I look at any... I walk into a new place and I look at the bar menu. Like, if I see an excess of, like, St. Germain and Lemon Simple only, I'm kind of like, hmm, okay. That's fine. Like, I know I can't You guys really are going to do a basil lemon gin drink and think you're, like, creating the, the wheel. Yeah. Ryan and I are snobs when it comes to cocktails. I think rightfully so. Yeah, we're bartenders. Yeah, bartenders. I mean, if I if I can't get something truly good, I'm just having a shot in beer. Have I told you the the restaurant that I went to recently? Um, I looked at their cocktail menu and it was laughable. Yeah. The thing, uh, the cocktail on the menu was the new old fashioned martini. Oh no! Like, what was it? Garbage. <laughs> like anyone who knows, like even cursory cocktails, know that that is like. Three different things that do not go together. It doesn't make any sense. It's like having a cold cereal hot dog uh, sushi. I described it to someone as having a, a spaghetti burrito. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even sound experimentation. It just sounds dumb. Yeah. It's like, oh, this would be cool. Like, some stoner in the back. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I'm like, no, that's actually fucking like, garbage. You don't know what you're doing. Uh, I remember uh, when I was working at the park, uh, the actual bookstore around here, which is a real bookstore. I suppose the bookstore, which is not a bookstore. Yeah. Um, there was a guy who kept coming in who opened up a pizzeria in the area. 
and every time he would keep going to me and just be like, hey, you know, open this place over there, you should totally, like, order, like, some of the stuff, like, get, you know, get some. And I'm just like, I'm not really the person to talk to. And usually, mm-hmm. we don't, like, eat all in a big group. And he kept pushing his money. He keeps pointing out, like, the one thing that he's really proud of. And I'm kind of blank it was, but essentially, it's, like, a pizza burger. So it's, like, two pizzas on either side of, like, you know, like, an actual, like, hamburger with, like, condiments. And he's like, check this out. This thing I'm really proud of. Look at this. And I'm like, God, that looks gross. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of like stoner bullshit is this? Or like, it's like something a child would do, where it's like, let's put yeah. more, more yum yums together. Whatever. I mean, I'm open to anything being good. I always am. As I'm always like, one day I want to make a craft cocktail trash can. Yeah. Or a vodka, like, what's the best possible vodka Red Bull I can make? What's a craft vodka Red Bull? So nothing's sight unseen no, way of the way. You can always get inspired. I mean, mm-hmm. that's my thing at the bookstore has been, uh, been for the past, like, three years, making dumb white girl drinks. Yeah. But a craft cocktail version of You make excellent white girl drinks. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah a, you make my demographic white girl drinks. As a white girl, I love those drinks. Yeah, You're very good. Well, let's get back to sushi. I was going to say, on that, on that note, uh, Gabriel, what do you get mm-hmm. out of Jiro uh, Drinks with sushi? I mean, well, I love restaurant stories. I absolutely, that's why I'm really excited to be doing this. I'm just kind of worried we're going to run out of stories at some point. We're just going to be like, this one was good. I like Chef. <laughs> but it's, I love sushi. I love Japanese culture. I mean, not to the degree that I used to be. I used to be like, like, a nerdy, for lack of a better term, what they call weeaboo. And I used weeaboo? to be, Yeah, it's when you're kind of like a really obnoxious, like, yeah. like little kid, like, terribly, like, oh, I love anime. Like, Have you seen Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, and that's it. If, if you see someone who looks like, like they walked into like an anime, not a topic. I'll say like a like a poser, but the people who are so like ingrained and obsessed with like anime, Japanese, like that kind of thing. Oh, so and, like blue hair and a Japanese T-shirt, thing, they, yeah. like studded belt, tacky. and such. Yeah, yeah. it basically means you're, you're a tacky kind of fan about it. But okay. It's not, so uh, I watched this before for the most part, and. Well, yeah, I've been on a weird documentary kick, as it is, and this is a really gratifying one. It's just, it's always exciting and very inspiring, like you said, to see someone who dedicated themselves to their craft, which is something that I've always aspired to do. I'm always, every now and again, like, maybe I should give up on this whole filmmaking thing and throw my entire life into being a craft cocktail bartender, because it's certainly more lucrative right now, and it's, like, immediately gratifying. Yeah. And I'm nostalgic at it, which makes me happy about it. The other thing that I, I noticed that he pointed out, and I'm noticing more and more the more I talk to like really good chefs, really good bartenders, is sushi is fish. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that. Um, I know. No, that um, simplicity. Yeah. Which, which they go into here, which this you know, food there's looks so there's only three simple. things that go into this, but I'm making sure those three things are the best possible yeah. version of you know themselves. So when you put them all together, it's Amazing. Yeah. I suppose, like, if put it in prism of uh, like cocktails, mm-hmm. if you were to make a last word, yeah, find the best chartreuse, the best gin, mm-hmm. the best luxardo, and like the best perfect lime yeah. to make lime juice, and like see how that would taste. It's only four ingredients, yeah. but if you're searching out those four like perfect mm-hmm. ingredients, it's going to make a perfect crisp cocktail. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I want the best ice, I want the best glass, mm-hmm. the best preparation, the best possible fruit, and apparently, Jiro Ono is the fucking best. 
Uh, I, I kind of wish, I kind of honestly, I wanted to go even more into the nitty nitty gritty of what he does. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd love to like know exactly like, oh, I picked exactly this tune because it does this. I sharpened my knife exactly because that's just me being like a, like a lifer at this point. Yeah, part. you want to know like the, the tips wanna, and tricks. Yeah, I want to know how he does, I want to know the ins and outs of like, why is he the best? We see a lot of the great food, we see the story of him, but I just want to see how the sausage is made. Uh, I would I would say that there's two really interesting ways to take that. that first off, I'm sure like there's like material out there where like he literally walks through every single thing that he does. Mm-hmm. However, one of my favorite bits of this that I didn't remember from the first time I've seen it is this uh, the kind of like a lot of the stuff at the end there where it kind of contradicts the the, the like the like the mystery the mystique like the the impressiveness of the guy by basically saying uh, a great point is that all every time like a Michelin uh, person has been there to check out the food he has actually never made the Michelin person anything mm-hmm. it was actually his son yeah. so technically his son is the three star Michelin I mean he might have been trained by the dad but he technically yes. is, but he but it doesn't have it and th- there's something interesting about almost not exactly being a phony but it's more about, I don't know, like he's made himself into a brand and, and there's a really interesting thing. Or him talking about how like, oh, the, the food's 95% done before I even touch yeah. it. Yeah. So like, I, like he's saying like, oh, I don't really work that hard anymore. I, he trained the other people who made sure they know what they do. Yeah, he whips them into shape and yeah. they have that mindset. And he's kind of like laughing. At a certain point, like you, uh, it made me think about like, he said... Um, you know, like you said, 95% of it's done. Uh-huh. So the guy doing the least amount of work is getting all the credit. Yes. But at what point in like a, a restaurant is that disingenuous to a degree? Like with, uh, with like certain, like with chefs, like if all your line cooks are doing everything they trained, you mm-hmm. were trained for, then chefs can get credit. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think chefs should also share that credit with the line yeah. cooks he's trained like guys you did an amazing job mm-hmm. that's why this review came out and said like the restaurant is so yeah. good as opposed to like someone who literally took all the credit for all the work of somebody else and mm-hmm. doesn't give it back i yeah. think i think that's something that happens far too often in this industry especially with be. like owners yeah, chef owners are owners. Yeah, chef owners are owners yeah. uh, who take the credit of the people that are, you know, breaking their backs to make a restaurant yeah. run. You have to give back at that point. And yeah. hopefully at the very least, a chef is still trying. If you're if you're at the head of a line, oh, Ryan, I was trying to figure this out. I think Dan even asked me to explain it. Um, so what's the difference between chef, exec chef, and chef de cuisine? Chef, exec chef? And chef de cuisine. Chef and exec chef, in my mind, are basically the same. the same thing. Yeah, chef de cuisine. Um, I'm trying to remember my percating. That might be like head of the line. I'm not sure. I'll have to look. I'll have to look mm-hmm. it up. We, we have, have computers in our pockets. Yeah, where is true. But all my idea is that hopefully, at least the chef is going to be the one who is constantly fighting to make a better recipe. I think that's that's the goal when, you're, when you are a chef, is hopefully that oh, you are... Oh, they're all the same thing. Chef yeah. de cuisine or executive chef. Oh, okay, it's the same okay. thing? Because yeah. I, I feel like I've seen like many, like this where it's like there are two different things. I'm like, that's... Awesome. I, I'm, uh, this is another one of those weird things about like people who follow brigade and don't follow brigade and like mm-hmm. the different terminology. I think like I've never, you know, said chef de cuisine, it's always, hey, chef. Yeah. Or uh, uh, executive chef uh, Mike. Like, no, <laughs> it's chef. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, getting into that whole thing we were talking about, like, uh, chefs taking credit. It, it, and, like, also depending on how much they actually do work-wise or whatever, there, there's it's a bit of, like, that director's kind of yeah. thing where, like, the director directs. Like, you do, you have a job, you have a job, and the director makes sure that everyone works at the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then other people, you know, some people have, like, the auteur thing where they yeah. either, they, they definitely do, like, want a hand in everything yeah. or they take credit. So that, that, that's always yeah. an interesting uh, uh, thing to consider with, like, you know, the celebrity chefs or whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> I wonder if that's a cultural thing, though, especially in the context of G.R. Dreams of Sushi. Mm-hmm. It is all about the responsibility of front. Like, there's that really interesting thing that the critic says that it would be if, if and when, well, not if, when Jiro steps down, either through death or whatever, um, it's up to Yoshikazu, his eldest son, mm-hmm. to... Like, if he's just as good as Jiro, that's not going to be enough. He needs to be twice as good for anyone to even respect him a little bit for it. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. I mean, there's not a lot of... What's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it. Stuff passed down from people to people. Uh, her- hereditary. Uh, inher- inheriting. Inheriting. Like, like, when he inherits his responsibility. I mean, that's not really a thing here. I mean, is it? I don't think people are like, oh, my father's a restaurant. I am expected to take it over. Or if it's generally a cultural thing. Yeah, them, Owner, ownership would be like the thing in the West, but we don't really have the idea of like, oh, my father's a master chef, I must be a master chef mm-hmm. as well. Or yeah, that's not really that's, that's very old school. You don't yeah. really have that. Yeah. America is all about the idea that like my dad was a plumber and I'm going to be president of the United States. Yeah. That's the that's the, the Donald the, Trump story. The Donald uh, Trump story. Okay, his father wasn't his father yeah, was, was, was stupidly rich. Shithead. Yeah. yeah. He's a big fan. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you know, I, I, I don't know, there's, there's a lot, I, I don't know much more, what much more there is to say about the movie, other than it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's, I think it's beautifully wonderful. shot. And the food looks beautiful, and it's an engrossing story. Jiro himself is a wonderful enigma of a man. I mean, I, I don't know what more I could have wanted, other than something that only interests us people in the industry. Like, show me oh. how you pick tuna and how you make your rice personally, what makes this rice good for you. Yeah, yeah that's I, I don't think someone who goes to like, cheap little shops and gets their stupid California roll is going to appreciate this. Yeah. But I think people like industry or foodie, someone like that would really appreciate it. I mean, if you're stuck to the TV watching Food Network every day, go knock yourself out. You'll probably like yeah. this. Mm-hmm. But average person, I don't really know if they would dig it as much. Maybe. I well, here's something, uh, because I don't work in the industry at all. No. Uh, I've seen this movie back in, I don't know, like again, but the second time I see it, it really reminds me that this is one of my favorite also probably one of the earlier ones one of my favorite stories about art mm-hmm. and how it's made because so much of this but but probably like my the first book that, uh, that i ever read that was about like art because i uh, you know i'm into writing um mm-hmm. was uh, stephen king's on writing and that like really really was a great like story about it and also how it's done and this is basically just like another kind of story about how one guy makes art and also mm-hmm. the process what how that art actually is because again he's not always the creator for it uh, this is a really, really incredible story about how this one person does it. And in his mind, it's all about, I am good because I did it this way. And I never yeah. stop. And he never stopped. It, him especially, it's extreme repetitions. Extreme, it's like he's literally been working for seven years. It's one thing. He's 85. If, I think if he ever like retired or whatever, he would probably like be dead in like five days. Because, yeah, because what else is he going to do? Yeah, yeah. It, it's like the number he one. He dreams of work. He dreams of sushi, literally. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, again, like also aesthetically, this is the beautiful thing about sushi is just like the 
the simplicity, uh, the minimalism mm -hmm. of it, and, yes. it's, and it's really incredible. Which is why the a lot of the music has a lot of Philip Glass. Uh, yeah, that's clever. Which is really an interesting kind of usage of that music, which I didn't realize from the first time. And again, also features uh, one of my favorite musicians. Uh, 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 Max Richter has mm -hmm. two songs, and I think it might have had a couple. But to be honest, at some point, Max Richter kind of sounds like he bleeds together. They kind of bleed together. The two that I knew uh, right off the bat are the ones that, um, um, yeah, I recognize, including one of them. Which remix was, to Arrival, correct? Was that Remix to Arrival? Yes, the Remix to Arrival. Mm -hmm. uh, Amy Adams speaks to aliens. Yeah. Now, if this was if this was applied to any other like type of like food, would do you think it would still be as interesting? Like if we were following a chef in Arkansas who makes the world's best burgers. Would, think, it, would this be something just as interesting? Or is I it interesting so. because we're following a, a different culture and a different country and a different type of food that's not, I wouldn't say not as popular in America, but like, mm -hmm. it's certainly... It's, it's, it's an exotic thing too. Yeah. I think it would depend. It's all down to the story and how it's told, I mean, as always. But I think as long it's if it's... The story of, of a man who, like, who, to this degree, he's like an 82-year-old hamburger maker in Arkansas, <laughs> uh, but he makes three star, three Michelin star burgers. I would really want to know why. And I think really, again, maybe that's the only thing missing from this movie for me. It's that we're told a lot about why Jiro is the best, and I don't. We don't. Sh I think they could have shown even more. Like it's it's still a visual medium. We don't get to just pick the food up and taste it. So we see a really exceptionally beautiful sushi. But I would have liked to know maybe even a little. If the whole movie was just him talking about massaging octopus, I would have been down for that. Yeah. But that's just my preference. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah I'd go as so far as to say that like no, I don't I don't know if yeah like I don't know you can't really like really experience how good it is without really tasting it of course so like i think in terms of the documentary medium like i don't know if we can go any deeper um but uh you know no i yeah i i, I love this movie ryan do you do ever want to see this movie again I, I would watch it again um i feel like it would reward on repeat viewings um yeah, yeah I, why, I would watch it. Why don't you personally like sushi? Oh yeah, that's a good one. Let's go oh, that. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. A, I'm just not a big like seafood fan, like fish fan in particular. Oh, in general. I, yeah, I don't really like fish. I think mm. that's that's lunacy. Yeah, that's crazy. Shame. It's just one of the areas of things I don't like. Um, I'm also like a craft cocktail bartender who doesn't like Fernet Branca. Like yeah, Fernet Branca. Like yeah. uh, which is they call it the bartender's handshake and like. I, I always I always make the joke to like craft cocktail people who come in. It's like if I come into your bar and you hand that to me, I'm spitting in your face. <laughs> Daniel Fernet Branca is a. I was literally gonna ask that. Yeah, I, it's yeah. a digestif. It is an Italian amaro, which is a nice kind of bitter liqueur made from herbs. Mm -hmm. It tastes kind of like toothpaste and pencil erasers. And for some reason, it is kind of the accepted thing that if you're a craft cocktail bartender, you walk into another craft cocktail bar and you ask for Fernet, it's kind of like the bartender's handshake. It says, oh, I'm also a bartender. Even though, personally, I don't get it. I think people love it, which I don't understand. If it's kind of like, oh, we walk in and we knock back a shot of something disgusting to prove a point, that's one thing. But people who love Fernet, I don't get it. Yeah, it, it's, it's another one of those, like, populist things for me of like yeah. all crab yeah, cocktail no bartenders do this yeah, or hell that, I don't want to do all it. mixologists do this and I'm on record as saying there's nothing worse than a mixologist yeah because that just is a level of pretension that I don't like mm -hmm. comprehend like people yeah. are like oh you're like a mixologist like no, no, no dude no, no, I'm no. a bartender I'm a bartender it's which, fine which is also I want to point out being an outsider is is 
is weirdly, I don't, I'm not exactly misleading, but let's say misleading because I'm being lazy with words. Mm. Because, like, here's the thing, like, I can call you guys a bartender, but someone who works at Dive Bar who, you know, pours beers is a bartender as well. Uh, yeah. You guys do cocktail recipes. You guys yeah. do that, which technically the difference between you and the some person who just pours beer someone is that you're technically a mixologist, not misogynist. I, 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 would, I would do the differentiation of I'm a craft cocktail, a craft cocktail, cocktail bartender. Exactly. As opposed to like, he's a dive bar bartender. Mm-hmm. You know, which they'll, they'll make that distinction of like, I can't really go into a bar anymore and memorize, like, I don't know how to make a surfer on acid anymore. Because, uh-huh. like, I'm done with those days. Yeah, but that either. same guy that's over here isn't going to know how to make, like, a last word, a boulevardier. Yeah, like, exactly. Which we know how to do. Yeah, God, a boulevardier. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's just... The business, really, I guess. It's just kind of hard to say. That you know, you don't want to Mixologist be, sounds pretentious. You don't want to sound like a stuffed shirt. And if you are, you're giving bartenders a bad name. Mm-hmm. Even like listening to the Speakeasy podcast, which is one I do recommend, it's run by people from Death and Company. Yeah. Like the guy he even mentions, it's like, yeah, no, you don't wanna be you don't like bartenders get such a bad name for being like elitist assholes. Yeah. And you don't wanna be that. That really, it's, it's, if you want a Long Island, I'll make you a fucking Long Island. Like, I, I'm gonna wish you ordered something better, but I'll make you a really fucking good Long Island. I'm an elitist in that respect because, like, mm-hmm. uh, when someone comes in, like, I had this happen to me last night and it, it's personally insulting to me. I mean, where, like, like I, I gave last call. Yeah. And I went outside, the, there was four people at the bar, I just given them their drinks, last call. All right, cool, I'm gonna go outside and smoke a cigarette before I, like, come back in and clean up. Mm-hmm. And the host came up to me and was like, hey, there's a woman here. She said she drove a long way. Like, we let her in for, like, one drink after And she call. ordered a Long Island? No, no, no. So, this is going to speak to my point. I was like, ah, God damn it. I was hoping to get out of here. I got shit to do tonight. But, yeah, whatever. Let her in. If she mm-hmm. dro- said she drove a wa- long way, that's fine. She comes up to the bar. I give her a glass of water. Welcome to the bookstore. Here's the menu. She, like, flops the, the menu open, like, once. Like, glances at it and closes it. And she's like, Margarita. Seriously? Like, so I, for me, I find it deeply insulting when someone does that because, like, I, I spend a lot of time doing research and, like, I, a lot of time away from my wife and away from my family, like, mm-hmm. building a menu that I'm proud of. Yeah. And for someone to come in and not even look at it and just sit, like, margarita, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, an, it's, it's like going into Jiro's restaurant and, you know, Asking for asking, California for, asking for yeah. California roll and not looking at as many or appreciating the art that goes into it. You're not appreciating what this is. You're the treating craft. it. Yeah, you're not appreciating the craft. So, like, when someone comes in on a Friday, Saturday night and orders a Long Island, mm-hmm. I'll make it. Yeah. I'm not happy about it, mm-hmm. but I'm serving it to you in a dirty pint glass with no garnish, <laughs> and I'm doing for everyone else at your table, they're getting ornate garnishes, mm-hmm. and I'm making those drinks look beautiful, so you feel like a dick. I think that's good. That's malicious compliance to it, but I think that's a, there's a difference between wanting to, like, like, if someone, like, interrupts my spiel to order a, like, vodka Diet Coke, then you're an asshole. If I say, oh, here's my whole speech, and someone's like, oh, I really like Long Islands. And I make them two drinks, and they're just not feeling it. I'm like, okay, you you gave me a fair shot. But a, but a Long them. Island isn't a cocktail. A Long oh, Island is a means shit. to an end. Yeah. And that's just like there's shots. no there's no a, there's no appropriate way to think that's like I'll have a Long Island. Okay, garbage person. Like enjoy <laughs> your like glass of liquor. Mm-hmm. Well, only thing worse than a Long Island is a top shelf Long Island. <sighs> 
Is that just the worst thing you ever heard in your life? That hurts. Like, what a waste of money. What a waste of good liquors that could go into other yeah, things. What a waste of life. Dan, we had a point you are going to say. Um, I don't remember what it was. Word. Anyway, so we like this movie a whole lot. We um, respect people who respect their craft. Exactly. That, I you think know, that's the point for this final just spiel. Don't interrupt someone and really respect the fact that some people really care about their work. Well, remember, it's and this will be a, probably a theme throughout the entire 86 list. Mm-hmm. That service industry does not mean servant. Yeah. We're here to make you happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I want to make people happy as much as possible. That's why I'm in this business. Yeah. I want people to have a good time. That's why I work Friday and Saturday nights. So you can have a good Friday night. You can have mm-hmm. a good Saturday night. I want you to enjoy this cocktail that you've heard about this awesome bar makes. I'm more than happy to do that. But respect the craft. Yeah. Oh, you know what we should do for um, further episodes of the 86 list? Let us come up. I think we discussed doing this. Let's come up with a cocktail per movie. Okay. A little late for this one. Uh, yeah, you have that. What's it called? Shot of sake. You have that sakatini, don't you? A really interesting one. Your Oren. Oh, the oh, I, whew, what was in that? It was sochu, lime, cherry blossom tea, egg white, lime. Uh, the fuck else is in there? Damn it. That was last menu drink, but it was an egg white drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't make it. Uh, uh, bartender Jacob. Oh, all right. I'm um, sure it was another sakatini that's somewhere. Yeah. It I was, did have an amazing, what's it called, like like plum wine sakitini at this Japanese jazz bar in New York. By the way, we sh- I think we definitely should plan a second pilgrimage to just do trip craft cocktail trips. Let's see who we can or can't invite to make it a much smaller trip. Okay, fair enough. Good idea. Um, fair. So I think we should play our tests at this point. We should administer the tests. Ryan, will you do the honors? Sure. You, you know what? I don't really... Do you really feel that this is appropriate for a bar test? This movie? Hmm. I, I don't... Like, if, if this was on, like, in a bar, like, I would I would probably question the person behind the bar, but I don't really know if this is an appropriate, like, I would sit there and talk about it, because I don't... It's I a little think, too high class. Yeah. Too straight up artsy. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, I don't. I don't know about that. I disagree. Like, I like how I like having Food Network on at a restaurant. It's better that than having Fox News or fucking ESPN. But, but I, how about this? I, I would say it mainly would depend on the the kind of restaurant it is, mm-hmm. uh, because like, it like think about most restaurants or or bars at all. Like having this in the background, it seems it's like a little too. It's a little too much. Food Network is one thing. Mm-hmm. This is something else. Yeah, this is another one. Like again, going back to like respect the craft. I feel like I would have to have like absolute like undying devotion to like watch it and not half watch it in a bar all right so um this one is uh say it's not disqualified but it is exempt from the bar test so let's move on to our next test then the katie contests all right would you recommend this documentary to a young Persian cinephile mm-hmm. daniel guest uh absolutely uh, not only because again, like I, this is a great story about art and how art is made and the artist who makes it. I think this is great. It is also a, like, I feel like I also saw this when I wasn't watching a ton of, well, I still don't watch a ton of documentaries, but especially when I didn't really watch a ton of documentaries and this got me into documentaries and also into sushi because much like Ryan, well, I like seafood, but I was never really a huge fan of sushi. Mm-hmm. And I think the main reason for that is that every time you get like, su- like ca- su- uh, sushi casually, it's like, you know, like a, not a, great a supermarket or something yeah. like that. Low grade. It, it's mm-hmm. low grade and it's not exceptional. It's not 
necessarily gross, but like it's not a way to get into it. The way to get into it is to have good sushi, which is going to be like higher end or whatever. Yeah. And sure enough, like seeing this movie made me for the first time in my life hungry for sushi. And uh, yeah, I got expensive sushi and I was like, you know what? This is really good. I actually yeah. do really enjoy this. Yeah. And again, like the other part of this is that sushi is a lot about presentation. So yeah. again, you can't get it in like a little like to go thing and like eat it like that and have like same kind of experience. Yeah. Whereas this basically gives you a hunger for that. Yeah, it's that a, kind it's of sort of presentation. immaculate presentation yes. in Jiro Juice. Yeah, it should not be an Americanization of like little plastic to go container. It, mm-hmm. It's exactly. insulting. And uh, for example, I know around here, Kome is an excellent place to get sushi. I, I've, I've never, actually, that's not true. It's, it's, Fine, it's good. It's, it's good. Fine. No, not necessarily fine. That's too much. I think it's good. It's it's good. Not great. It's good. But good. Yeah. I, I've had like some of the plates are actually really good. Anyway, but uh, but like that's a fine place. But like as you see in like in this documentary, Jiro is like obsesses about like where people are seating, and he was saying mm-hmm. that like he like uh he presents like the thing out the the the, yeah. the, the, the what do you call it then serving no not no course yeah the yes. course out mm-hmm. uh dependent on like where people are if they're male or female and, like he uses mm-hmm. his one hand as opposed to the other hand so like no, presentation he, is, he is, is absolutely thing. something to aspire to to care that much on every level all the time is amazing i can't fucking remember to like change my shoes yeah yeah and he really cares that much it's amazing yeah uh i would say yes um for pretty much the same reasons as the, a study of art People sometimes forget that the culinary arts are indeed arts. Mm. Um, so watching it with that in mind, and also like if as a cinephile, as someone who maybe wants to aspire to make films, realizing that uh, artists are kind of all the same. We have a, a creative need that we need to like get out of our bodies. Mm-hmm. And, and watching a someone maniacal who's, drive. Yeah, a maniacal drive to do these things. So someone who is a cinephile and is creative-minded, I would absolutely recommend it just so you can see what an absolute madman mm-hmm. he is and has done with his life and how far you're willing to dedicate yourself to your craft. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I Obviously, I agree. I think this. if someone doesn't really like documentaries, this is a great, fairly inconsequential, but like surprisingly subtly deep one. It's a great place to start, and it's just wonderful. If, you're, if you want to learn what it means to really dive in and yeah. throw yourself into it, great place to go and follow up to this test. What is the next movie you recommend? After this? Well, I agree with you saying that's a great entryway documentary. Yeah. Uh, what so take that I... any way you want. Either does this person want to watch more documentaries and watch more about food, more about Japanese shit, whatever way you want to go with it. Uh, I, I, there's one documentary that I think is pretty inaccessible, but it's something I keep recommending to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2012's Leviathan, not to be confused with the Ukrainian movie Leviathan that came out the same year. Nor the but... Final Fantasy Summon, correct. What's that? No, go on. Sure, uh, and uh, and yeah, that that is a it is a like a like no dialogue free thing. A story just follows a like a what do you call it? Like a fishing vessel going through like some uh, like really cold ocean and whatnot. And it's just a lot of the cameras are like pinned on to like their like their uh, what do you call it? Like their rain slickers mm-hmm. and just like long stretches of of like almost like kind of like a surreal imagery. Like you start in the you start in like pure blackness and then you kind of see like something waver in and you follow like these gigantic chains and there's these monstrous machines just whirring in your ears. It's it's really impressive uh, and it's kind of it's really much like a, like a tone thing. But that's something I would recommend just because. I don't know. It's like the other end of documentaries that I happen to like, and is a little, a little more. You know, it takes it kind of far. It's not, sure. it's not as uh, accessible as this. 
Um, I'm going to take a different road and go continue to get on the food angle mm. and recommend uh, Ugly Delicious. Oh, word. Uh, That's David Chang show. Right? Yeah. I haven't uh, watched it yet. Really big fan of that. Um, it uh, examines a different type of food and the culture attached to it through each uh, like hour-long episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really super fascinating. You get to see some people who are uh, masters of their craft at a specific food uh, talk about said food and it's really fascinating um it's mm-hmm. uh, it's not nearly as in-depth as uh jiro is but it's still very good mm-hmm. so. and i'll go the last direction there uh there is a criterion film called tampopo that i think is incredibly charming it is all it's a spaghetti western well, it's a ramen western it's about a woman who is like besieged by like thugs who was trying to run a ramen shop and it's all about the the, the badass like like who walks into town and helps her fix her ramen shop and also it's interspliced with like weird kind of very funny food vignettes like one of my favorite ones super quick is that a bunch of like company men like old bastards come into a beautiful high-end restaurant Mm -hmm. and they all sit down at the table and there's like one like intern with them and clearly it becomes obvious the guy the the waiter says to the first guy well you have looks at the menu, like, stroking his, like, chin, and he says, and he says like, I will have the uh, bento special with the okonomiyaki or whatever and a beer. And then the, everyone down the line says the exact same thing because no one knows how to order food. And it finally gets to the intern. Intern's like, yes, yeah, so what, what wine vintages do you have? And then, like, the shitty intern asks like, these really, like, in-depth food questions, and everyone looks really stupid. So it's a charming food movie about Japan. So when is it from? There. Cool. Huh? When is it from? Sixties. Sixties. Um, young. Uh, what's his fucking name? Saito from Inception. Our favorite guy. Oh, uh, Ken Watanabe. Yeah, young Ken Watanabe's in it. I actually completely blanked on the name. Saito. Yeah, me too. Right? Yeah. Uh, no, Saito. I was oh, like, yeah. like who? <laughs> yeah, no. It's a. Uh, it's charming as fuck. It's a little weird. It's a little trippy, but it's a great food movie about people who love food. Alright. That's right, cool. cool. That's We've been great. running a little long, so let's cut to break here so Daniel can go play his recorded thing and then we're going to have some fun other stuff to do. Cool. Yeah. Right, cool. Be right back. Daniel, do a thing. Hey everybody, my name is Daniel, and I want to tell you about another Top Gallant Radio show. Do you like movies? Good. I like movies too, but the show isn't about movies. Do you like books? Good, because in Slow Readers, we discuss books. Gabe, do you like reading? Hate it. I've always hated it. Every episode covers a different book, such as Animal Farm. Um, I was also making ties with another empire. Uh Uh-oh. The Sith. Because, yep, uh, basically, uh, the Emperor Palpatine was Napoleon <laughs> Blackwater. Oh my god, this this book is so painful. Yeah. I had to put it down repeatedly just to catch my breath. Yeah, yeah, no, I know that's, uh, I know what that's like, and truly... Our... You were in a car that landed in Blackwater? Yeah, I dude, I know, I fucking killed a woman. You like fought? This. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, oh, okay, never mind. Um, Wrong side. Do you not like reading books? Well, that's also okay, because you get to hang out with two pretty cool dudes. Join me, your host Daniel. She's like a pretty intelligent kid. Cause like her reaction to that is like, you never read the giver? You work in a bookstore. And and I and I was like really close to just snapping and I just going like, listen girl, I read a lot of other books, okay? <laughs> and my co-host Gabriel Mara, who co-hosts Sex and Violence. You love that guy, right? On air challenge, slow readers exclusive. Slow readers exclusive. Can Gabe fit Gone Girl up his ass? <laughs> then you get hours and hours and hours of access to us rambling about various topics, such as 
politics. Gabe, what do you think about Donald Trump launching missiles? Let's hear it. No. But our one <laughs> run-in with the police... I took a breath to start. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no. Not going nope. that way. We're not a political podcast. Nope. Uh, we're just we're just milk-chugging right-wingers, though. <laughs> milk-chugging. In books. Into the water. Pledged. Feral to arms. The magicians. Wise blood. Ethan from. An object of beauty. So go ahead, continue enjoying sex and violence. The hot-ass, top-gallant radio show about movies and punk rock stuff. And then when you're done with that, go ahead and button your dress shirt up to the neck, to the throat area, and then go ahead and give Slow Readers a spin. Go search iTunes and search up the name Slow Readers. Check us out. Slow Readers comes out every Monday. You can also check us out on Twitter at Top Gallant Radio. Hello. Welcome back from break. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Gabriel. Hi, Daniel. Hey, what up? Hey, girl. So, what's up, guys? So, boys, um, well, before we go into our quick games, our two fun new segments we're going to be doing, really very quickly, what you've been watching lately? Anything? Oh, me? Um, I saw Vertigo for the first time, T to B, yesterday. Boy, that movie's problematic. I mean, it's aware, but it also doesn't excuse it. Problematic in in what way? Can you talk about it without spoiling anything? Not really. It is just, you know, it's all about a desperate obsessive man like m- emotionally manipulating and abusing a woman mm-hmm. and it's kind of but it, it's also the intention of it so it's hard to tell how much of it is Hitchcock being reflective about the ways we treated women or if it's actually just a terrible depiction of a manipulative relationship mm-hmm. hard to say mm-hmm. besides that um, I saw Teen Titans Go to the movies which was charming Yay. yeah I enjoyed that um, Daniel. Uh, I have not seen anything, I think. Okay. Um, I, well, what about I'm, Polaris? I'm going to... Solaris. Polaris. 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 Uh, the, 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 the Mel Brooks uh, parody. Correct. Um, no, that was a while ago. Oh, uh, fine. But, but I was going to say, like, uh, well, I mean, I could talk about it, but I'm going to be seeing uh, the Lone Wolf and Cub movies, which you guys... Never heard of them. You guys have covered the first two. Three. Uh, two. Three? We did three, didn't we? Uh, did we do the third we did one? The third. Baby card to Hades. I'm, I don't know. Sure. Yeah, it ends we with, the guys in the sand. That's the second one. No, because only did the third one. I'm like almost certain we did. But uh, yeah, I know you. Really? Uh, yeah, pretty sure. Because the you mean where the the, the the he fights the lords of death. I think so. Because the lords of death is the second one. No, like, I'm I'm almost sure. Go on, Daniel. But anyway, I'm gonna borrow the uh, the the movie set uh, Ryan is lending me, and I will uh, borrow I will lend Ryan my Zatoichi box set, which is all 25 yeah. movies on DVD. March 8th, Lone Wolf and Cub three, Baby Cart to Hades. Blu-ray. Oh, okay. I guess we did do it. Yeah. And I'm probably only uh, start with watching Shogun Assassin. Let's be honest. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, I was recommended that. Right. Yeah. The first one is slower yeah. than you'd expect. You can you can do Shogun Assassin and then move on to three. Okay. Yeah, it condenses both tight. And besides that, I haven't seen anything. I was at a concert yesterday. Um, that was a lot of fun. The Decemberists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, Ryan, what have you been uh, watching lately? Um, so it was like Monday was my first day off in like two months almost. Like Good grief. The, A day where I didn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. So I, on Sunday night, got pretty drunk, and then woke up late. Well, not late, early actually. Mm-hmm. Like, ten. And I just put on movies and laid in bed all day and just like lounged, which was awesome. So I rewatched Inherent Vice, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) which Gabe and I talked about at the bar last night. Yeah, and we talked about last time. And Mm -hmm. we talked about last time. Um, The only new thing I watched was Alien Covenant. Mm. Ooh, 
Let's talk about that. You did tell me that. Uh, resounding meh from me. Yeah. <clears throat> I could see every plot twist coming a mile away. Everything is heavily telegraphed. That's the least of his problems. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a pretty problematic movie. Um, I don't need to see it again. I, I would say it has very strong moments, though. Uh, of course, again, kind of like with Prometheus, the stuff with David the robot played by Michael Fassbender is pretty yeah. great. Yeah. The, the best stuff is just Fassbender and Fassbender. The, the best, I agree. The best scene is what was literally Fassbender. Well, twice uh, Fassbender when he has that scene with like the flute and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like this long shot that keeps kind of going back and forth, and it's just like a really subtle, well done thing. And like that hand to hand fight between them two, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there was some fun sci fi stuff, but overall, like, it had some shit moments. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's next level. Not shit a movie that deserves to be on the wall. Yeah, so no, no, you no, do not deserve no, that title, unfortunately. I'm sorry. You like Prometheus, I think, right? Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm all right with it. It's not like one of my favorite movies, but like, it does have a spot in the wall I, because I bought this before I was like really judging movies because of mm. you two assholes. Before you met, before you met a couple of elitists. <laughs> yeah, so, so like watch it. Like if I were to watch it again, I'd probably be like, this doesn't really need to be in here. That's pretty bad. Uh, yeah, I just found out that um, somebody at work has my copy of it. Oh really? Yeah. So I was like, I didn't even know I was missing that. I didn't. Like, <laughs> I, you just told me this now. He's like, yo, yeah, sorry. That's funny. Fucking Alex. And he still has my copy of Killing Them Softly. And he still has oh, yeah. my copy of Prisoners and um, Bro, Conjuring I, 1 and 2. Alpha Dog. One and Alpha Dog. No, I give you back Conjuring, didn't I? Uh, I could have sworn I did. Nope. Because I finished watching them. I'm pretty sure I gave them back nope. to you. I'll look for them. Because I, I definitely watched those. Alright, anyway. So that's cool. Guys, let's play some games yay okay so first of all let's play um one of my new favorite games we're playing these days ryan i believe it's called hero not a hero that's a great game (laughs) theme music so ryan please quickly explain what is hero not a hero hero not a hero is uh i decided to plant a flag in the ground after i watched the movie mask Mm -hmm. because the title is uh on the on the box it's like like, a hero something or other and i was like Rocky Dennis is not a hero. Yes. Because he doesn't do he, he does not deserve the title of hero. He does nothing heroic in that movie. Mm-hmm. You could say uh, my thing was he worked at a camp for the blind. Yeah. I used to be a swim coach for the mentally challenged. Mm-hmm. That does not make me a hero. I think I'm just serving hero. my community. I think it makes you a hero. I, so so okay, it was it was our I think very amusing debate that Ryan got very incensed talking yep. about this movie and I thought it was very funny that I think Rocky Dennis is a hero in its own thing. So we decided we'd play a game. Me and Daniel are going to name movie characters. Okay. And you're going to tell us, is this character a hero or are they not a hero? Okay. Are they Superman or are they fucking Rocky Dennis, who you think is not a hero with his fucked up face and helping the blind? Okay. Okay, Daniel, do you want to start? Yes. Uh, the first one is probably the most serious that I'm generally uh, uh, wondering what you're going to say. And I, I'm kind of blanking out what the movie is. You guys can maybe help me. But it's coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. The biopic movie about neil armstrong going to the moon and ryan gosling plays him is neil armstrong a hero no why? neil armstrong's not a hero why why did he save a life did he run into a burning building to save a box of kittens no he went he on the space his life to go to space he risked yeah he risked his life to go to space that was what he wanted to do for the US <laughs> government. he just stepped on the moon national treasure yes uh-huh hero national, no. it's national called treasure. first man the guy who 
what does he do? National treasure? He 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 steals uh, a historical no, artifact. He, he is he is a national, he's a national treasure. treasure in the sense that he is a treasure for America. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. The movie there's, a, there's a term. There's a term before the movie, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. No, no, he is a national treasure, but a hero. They talk about Nick Cage and, and dad mm, jeans. You know. No, no, no. no. <laughs> okay. So Ryan does not think Neil Armstrong's a hero. Okay. okay, that's that's so. pretty controversial. I <laughs> yeah, no. Like I like people who aren't captured, right? <laughs> I mean, like I, I do. So like, this one. is why I like this game because Ryan like he says some of the most outlandish shit. I'm like, what do you mean? Neil Armstrong is a national hero. Uh, I, I think it's I, I do kind of understand that because it's like he, he, don't get me wrong, he's also a very humble person, which is more it's kind of actually pushes him towards hero side. But mm-hmm. essentially, it was a team effort that he was the guy to go up there and that sure that's incredibly stressful and it was a monstrous challenge. Yeah, okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna critique National on that. Treasure. Okay, not National a hero. Treasure. National okay. Treasure starring Nick Cage. Yes, Ryan. My first one. We have three each, right? Do I only have three? Uh I think I had yeah. Okay. Jerry Maguire. Hero, not a hero. Hmm. Hmm. Not a hero. Why not a hero? Yeah, it's straight up for pre-action. Um but. he wrote that what's it called? He wrote that that memo or that mission statement all about how all sports agents should treat their clients like human beings and not cattle. And because of his care, that should, that should be a basic human thing that people <laughs> understand. It's like is that you that you, that you, that you treat each other with dignity and respect. Well, okay. but that's... just because he had to like write it on a piece of paper and take it down to Staples and fucking copy it and drop <laughs> it off in the hotel just to tell people be a good person. No, not a hero. But, they, work, but I mean, there are also plenty of heroes who essentially did the basic human decent thing, and that's why they're here. Like Oscar Schindler saved a bunch of people for getting like mindlessly murdered. He could have easily turned a blind eye. He could have easily, but yeah. he didn't. And like, even though it's is like, it, well, is that yeah. your next one? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Oscar but Schindler, no. Off, off, the, off the top of your head, Ryan. Shit, um, Oscar Schindler, hero, not a hero. Hero. Okay. Yeah, he saved lives yeah. at okay. great personal <laughs> risk. You would have, uh, that actually would have been, yeah, that would have like, triggered me if you said Oscar Schindler wasn't a hero. All right. Okay, Daniel, your next one. Uh, okay, Dracula. Dra- Dracula in any form and aspect, because Dracula has. There's been a lot of versions. I'm curious how you feel about that. Not a hero. He's taking lives. Yeah. I well. Don't... Oh, and giving them eternal life by turning them <laughs> to the undead. No, no, not no, necessarily. No, I'm curious where you because there has to be some. I'm trying to. I'm blanking out right now. Daniel Dracula just... told. He's a he's a good guy. Um, Vampire Hunter D. He is Dracula. Yeah. I thought he was son. No, he actually is Dracula. Okay, straight up. That's the reveal. Yeah, for, for example, there's there's those kinds of stories. So overall, just over the years, I'm just wondering mm-hmm. how you feel Dracula. I, th- I think overall, Dracula is a villainous figure okay. and not a hero. Because I was thinking he does kind of be, he's an, like, an anti-hero, let's say. And I was curious if you're going to say Dracula is a hero and Neil Armstrong isn't. That would be very That would be, uh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> no. I'm like, testing the waters here, right? No, no, no. <laughs> I, have, I have morals and... Codes and ethics. Okay. Dracula, not a hero. Dracula, not a hero. Okay, I think this one's a complicated one, Ryan. Okay. Hero, not a hero. The Bride. The Bride? Yes. Oh. Of the Kill Bill films is Uma Thurman's Beatrix Kiddo. Hero, not a hero. Hmm. This is kind of a difficult one because she's a, she's only on a path of revenge for herself. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even know about the daughter, correct? She doesn't know about the daughter, there's no one that she's avenging other than her, her, her perceived daughter's death. And her husband. She doesn't, and her fiancé. She doesn't save anybody. No. Not a hero. Not a hero. 
Okay. Okay. I'm not, I find it, I, I'm not going to debate you on I mean, that. not a hero is not a bad term. True. But not a... Neil Armstrong, for example, is not a hero. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Casey Jones. Casey Jones? Yes. yes. From, like... TMNT. TMNT. I'd say hero. Damn. He's a crime fighter. Yeah, so pr- I think that protecting the innocent. Hero. Okay, Casey Jones, hero, Neil Armstrong. That not a hero. hero. I, that's the great This person, hero. Neil Armstrong, not a hero. Yeah, that was quick. Casey Jones, Ooh. totally a hero. And my last one, Ryan. Charlie Bronson of Bronson. Hero, not a hero. Mm. I don't think he's a hero. Hmm. He wasn't... Oh, no. No. Hero. Okay, explain. Wait, wait, hold on. Charlie Bronson from the movie Bronson, the real-life yes. British criminal, the most violent uh, <laughs> man, uh, incarcerated man in the history of uh, British uh, Please history. explain. He was uh, choking out a, uh, a rapist. Oh, he... And tried to yeah. kill a rapist. Okay. So I, I consider that a heroic. He did it, he did it at oh. the expense of his own... <laughs> Physical and mental well-being to avenge someone that he didn't know. So, hero. Charlie Bronson, most violent man in England. And yet you guys thought Neil Armstrong, Armstrong not, a not a hero. And again, you guys thought the Dracula thing was weird, but Bronson's a hero? He's... Yeah, he's... He, not, not all heroes wear capes. That's true. Well, okay. Uh, okay. He, he has... He I has think, a code. I think he's a delusional narcissist, but... Uh, so, he's also so a hero. So could Batman. Me? Well, I yeah. guess so. Is Batman a hero? Is Batman a hero? Yeah. Yeah, he's a okay. superhero. They okay. protect Batman. Protects Charles you. Bronson, the most violent, incarcerated man in British history. <laughs> yeah. uh, both heroes. Neil Armstrong, not a hero. Not a hero. <laughs> nope. Okay, so I think Ryan, as always, <laughs> wonderful contribution. <laughs> Thank uh, you. This, yeah. this concludes this episode of Ryan Snyder's Hero, Not a Hero. Thank you very much. And we'll do our last thing before we go on to plugs and next week. So you guys started something mm-hmm. new last week. Explain to the listeners what it is. Uh, it is the double uh, fantasy double feature mention. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, wish list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, um, starting this week, we will have a theme to bring up to for the next week. I think it'd be fun also if listeners, you want to send in your own wish list things. We'll have a theme. What are your ideas for hero, not a hero? Yeah, also <laughs> that. No, please tweet at us. Like, just like a hashtag hero, not a hero, character name. Uh, I, and Ryan will respond to you. Or respond on air. I have a hard time, sorry, uh, letting that go because it's like I have a really good one that I kind of want to throw at you between same here and on here time. just because it's like, it's like, re- wow, this actually is fascinating. Yeah, same okay, for next yeah. Time. Uh, okay. So we are this, this week's theme, and if you guys want to come up with a theme for next week so mm-hmm. people can. Are you going to do one of things? This week's theme, um, we will discuss our fantasy wishlist things, and let's vote two out. How about that? Vote two out. Yes. So and so one. One, so one wins. Select one win. Yes. yes. Okay. Or we can eliminate one. What do you guys think? So. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What do we do? Eliminate one. Explain, oh, explain how you're doing to do this. So you want to end up with two movies total out of the six we come up with? How about yes. let's vote whichever one's best? I think that's that's less weird than mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, you lost and we win." <laughs> okay. Like you know. Okay. Uh, so we'll just make a keep not keep list. Okay. So this week's theme was. New York double feature, and I, I want to point out: are, are are you guys also paying attention to the whole like um like like A movie and B movie kind yes, of thing? Yes, definitely. Because that was an important thing that back in the day, if uh, double feature is proper, um, the A movie would be like 
the prestigious one, the more family-oriented, uh, yeah. the one that's, that's... More mass appeal. Yeah, more mass appeal, whereas the B-movie would be less appeal, and it usually would be more uh, genre films, for yeah. example. So, okay. I just want to... Yeah. So, New York movie's a theme. Ryan, do you want to start? Sure. Um, so just on the spot thinking about it um, and going with the A and B movie appeal, mm-hmm. I'd say um, open Ghostbusters. Okay. okay. Close Escape from New York. That's a great double feature. Mm. So you're getting like kind of 80s New York. You're also you're getting the uh, the mass appeal like Ghostbusters movie considered one of the best like comedies and sci-fi movies of like the last like century. Mm-hmm. And then period. getting the yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you're getting like your nice John Carpenter cult movie. To close out with, so that's sure. my thought. You're a carpenter man. Yeah, a big carpenter man. Yeah, you, you have the tattoo. You have yeah, both tattoos. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm gonna do a double feature called My Left Arm. <laughs> Gabriel, I watch it every day of my life. What is your fantasy New York double feature? So for me, I really wanted to stick to an '80s kind of feel, but it's also I, I have a feeling like I'm gonna be voted out right away for it because okay. like this is like my if, if this was playing, I'd be all about it. My A picture is Desperately Seeking Susan. It's the Madonna movie where it's all about, I believe it's Patricia Arquette running around New York pretending to be this woman named Susan and Madonna was actually Susan. And it's basically a madcap screwball movie about two women getting into crazy situations in New York. And I think I know what your second one is. What is it? About After Hours? After Hours. It's After Hours. Yes. Good call. And my B picture is Martin Scorsese's After Hours, one of my favorite movies ever. It matches the 80s kind of weird, it's the grimy flip side that's really seeking Susan. It's an almost absurdist, insane story of a man who has like the worst night in the history of the world in New York City, in the Lower East Side in the 80s. It stars Griffin Dunn of American World in London. And it's just, and uh, Roseanne Arquette. And okay. it's just a fucking... I, I love After Hours, and I think it'd be a great starting thing. Get kind of this this loopy, I think for people who don't give a shit, they can ignore it. They just look up, they'll see Madonna dancing to get into the groove of some goofball. Yeah. And then you sit down, you bear down for the slightly less approachable, but I think fucking phenomenally made movie, After Hours. Okay. <clears throat> and Daniel. Uh, I, okay. One slight problem, but mm-hmm. we'll get to this. So my A movie would be... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Ooh. Which uh, I used to see a lot when I was a kid. I think I actually saw like the Secrets of the Ooze and uh, Turtles in Time more. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like the first one was like dark and a little more less kid friendly. Yeah. And then uh, like several years ago, we actually watched that for that's on my list. And, Our old movie club podcast. And I that's a great movie. It really uh, is. It yeah. really is. Um, and I paired it unfortunately with Escape from New York. Oh. Uh, no. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just um, I don't know necessarily. I think the Escape from New York would definitely be the B movie there mm-hmm. because it's incredibly. It's like this incredibly low budget, R rated, very slow, bizarro movie. Whereas the first one's it's fucking turtles. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I was tr- I was struggling to think of something else. I was thinking of like seven with turtles. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. that that or a close segment would be uh, a Jason takes Manhattan. Oh sure, Ooh. which Ooh. is yeah. Is uh, he only in Manhattan for like twenty minutes? Like, yeah, the yeah, last yeah. like the last like fifteen twenty minutes. He and punches a dude's head off. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. great. If anyone has seen that movie, you all remember mm-hmm. that boxer boxing him. And yes. didn't they film uh, most of it in uh, like Toronto? I'm sure they always do. Like it's. Did they do like that one scene where he's like there, like, like walking through like Times Square or something? Yeah, that, like that. was. I think that was like it. Because uh, I did just finished watching the documentary <laughs> uh-huh. on all the Jason movies, which is. 
That would, solid. That would actually be really interesting. I'd be curious to see that. If you want to borrow it, like, I have it. Because I'm not that much of a fan of J- uh, Jason movies, but like the documentary based on like the history of Jason would actually be pretty cool. It's good. The first like two or three, I, I've mentioned this on the show before, like actresses from the 80s bitching about how they c- should have made it and like, oh, I'm still available for work. And it's like, eh, <laughs> kind of haggard. Mm-hmm. Um, but the further on you get, people are like, I really enjoyed my time in the Jason movies and I'm glad I got this opportunity. Well, that's good. More people are gracious about it than the further it gets on. Right. Not everyone can be Kevin Bacon. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys want to try and eliminate, or should we just move forward? Uh, I don't know if I have I would, to... I would vote for yours over mine uh, or, or his. No, okay. no, no, no. To, <laughs> oh, oh, to win. I'm sorry. To yeah. win. Or we just say which one would you want to watch the most if you can't pick your own. I'd, I would want to watch yours the most. I forgot your first movie. What was it again? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. That's easy to go. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. I've seen After Hours. Yeah. And the movie, the, the, uh, uh, the, 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 what was the name of Desperately the, Seeking Susan. Desperately Seeking Susan. I guess it's something I'm not terribly interested in seeing. That's so fair. I, I guess I would, I, I haven't seen Ghostbusters in the longest time, and I would always rewatch Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. For me, this is a hard one. Uh-oh. I think, like, I'm not a Ghostbusters worshiper. I get it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I don't love it. Ugh. But that goes the same thing. I think I've seen TMNT less. Okay. And I think I enjoyed it more the first time. I think also it is a little more niche. So, sorry, Ryan. I think I have to pick Daniels. All right. Fair enough. Yay. 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 I tell you what, though. Friends forever. Escape from New York. Isn't it? What That wasn't shot in New York, was it? Or was it? I don't think I, I feel like it was one way or the other. It either, like, yeah, 100% was shot mm-hmm. in Canada or whatever. Or, like, they actually did manage to, like, shoot in... Yeah. in like crappy places in New York. Yeah. Ryan, I'm surprised no worries. Uh, because I I have that I've been talking about that for my actual double feature. So oh, I, yeah. I was thinking more like fictionalized. I was actually thinking about going with Guide to Recognizing Your Saints. That oh, was that, one of them floating like around in my head too. Oh, that would be. I compare that with like Raising Victor Vargas. That's an amazing like like New York story about like the Spanish Harlem mm-hmm. about a teenager. It's it's a really good movie. All right. Where? Good thing. I think you know you should have been you should have been Ghostbusters and then uh, American Werewolf and oh that's in London. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But I was thinking like that's a great New York. That'll be a great double feature in any case. I legitimately was struggling to remember New York movies. Mm, I googled. What was what, yeah? What, what were you thinking about New York movies? What, what, what got you to? Oh, because I was working because you guys did your top five wish ones, mm-hmm. and um, I only came up with three, and I'll just tell you now really quickly. Um, it was Goon and Warrior. Because feel nice. good sports movies, both of them, and really they're also emotionally affecting. They're great, um, and then it was a kind of a weird educational kind of like back and forth one. You do Stella Dallas, this really classic Barbara Stanwyck like like melodrama, weepy, lovely movie, and then you do Polyester, which is basically a fucking disgusting flip side to it, mm. which I love with all my heart. So you'd get like the originator and the parody. Yeah. And then the last one was Desperately Seeking Susan and After Hours. Okay. Cool. Good job, boys. Ryan, what's next week? Daniel's question? No, I was going to high five him. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, high five. Too late now. Moments died. This bump. Alright, so, uh, Ryan, do we know what's next week, or are we kind of grasping at straws? We're grasping at straws because I'm going to be in Kentucky. Oh, that's right. Uh, I'm leaving for Kentucky on Sunday for uh, Camp Runamuck, where nation's best bartenders gather to hang out in the middle of the woods and drink a bunch of whiskey bourbon and all that nonsense. Fuck yeah. Cool. Um, so it's all on on you, baby boy. Yeah. So I'm either going to be an MGV, hopefully, probably, with Julia Absurga, if I can, like, lock her down, the whip around. Uh, if not, then it's just gonna be me and a co-host of some other or someone else. We'll see if Boss, Steve Boss, is available. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. 
Or I'll like make the professor watch something with me. <laughs> that was a good choice. Yeah. If, if you if you and professor if you force professor not professor la professor to do a show with you that'd be pretty fun. All right, boys, plugs. Daniel. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Top God Radio. You can also follow uh, the other show that's on Top God Radio, Slow Readers, where we discuss fiction, books, non-books, non-fiction, mm-hmm. and clearly nothing else. Uh, and, of course, you can go on Amazon right now and get a couple of books that I've written. One of them is The Shadow from the Deep, a little uh, horror, you know, thriller kind of story. And uh, Arise, Prince is the first part in the Cook in the Kingdom uh, series, miniseries. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is available right now. Um, check them out, uh, re- leave a review, and then tell a friend. Hey. Yeah. Right. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Tango Like Cash. Also follow my food truck, Brogies Food Truck, B-R-O-G-I-E-S, Food Truck. Um, you can also find me at the bookstore Speakeasy, normally every Friday, Saturday night, Slinging Gin and Dorson Sin. Come on in, let's talk about movies and have a drink. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, guys, definitely go to the Brogies Food Truck. If you are in, even remotely, the Pennsylvania area, the food is outstanding. Thank you, sir. Oh, and twice in like... Yes, you did. Yeah, it's a good time. Best customer. Uh, for me, gang, um, it's the same as always. Follow me on Instagram at babymara. Five A's at the end of it. Follow this show at Sex and Violence Pod on Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this show. Give us a review right now. Like, while if not if you're not driving, pick up your phone, write a review, give us some stars. Repeat after me. Type it in. Gabe is a butt. Yeah, five stars. More Daniel, five stars. You don't need to spell any of the words right. Mm-hmm. You can just be like you're, you're jabbing at the things. Just leave a review. Yeah. I feel like that iTunes would block that review. Okay. But in mm-hmm. any case, okay. please give us your reviews. We need them more than anything else. Yeah. Besides that, Daniel, I guess it's always a pleasure to have you. Yeah. The crown. Thank, thank you for having me, Ryan, over your I called you the lead. crown plinths. <laughs> what are you, me? Uh, the crown plinths. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, Ryan, come back to Slow Readers at some point. Yeah, we'll we'll read read something. We can talk about The Witcher, something that we were supposed to talk about with a certain guest. And he did. Fucking read it. That's two episodes in a row where our guest didn't read it at all. Or Watchmen. Yeah. Hope to get a tic-tac-tac on that. Yeah. All right. Ryan, see you. See you. Bye, listeners. Bye. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Eichel and Gabriel Mara. For more podcasts and content, go to topcountradio.com.